Welcome to Book Crackos Between the Pages. I'm Jess. And I'm Lauren. And we're the pals behind Book Crackos. This is the podcast where we chat all things books and just about everything in between. Lauren, do you remember how our first ever podcast episode was discussing a Beth O'Leary book? Well, today we are joined by Beth herself. <laughs> her latest book, The Wake Up Call, publishes this month. But we're also going to chat about more of her books and characters too. Beth, lovely to see you again and a big welcome to the Book Crackers podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so nice to see you both again. We love all of your books. So we can't have you on the podcast without chatting about some of them, but we will start with the wake up call. So can you please tell our listeners what it's all about? Yes, I would love to. Um, So the wake up call is about uh, two hotel receptionists and arch rivals um Izzy and Lucas who um kind of thrown together um by the fact that their hotel is uh Forest Manor Hotel is 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 really struggling and kind of looks like it's not it's not going to make it um much longer and they end up um on this sort of bizarre joint mission uh to return um a bunch of wedding and engagement rings that Izzy has found in lost property and um once one of them gets a reward the hotel management at like this is the answer, you know, this is where we're going to get the money from. So it's sort of um, through, because of course, each of those rings is its own love story, you know, so through a kind of encountering each of these romances, the two of them are kind of forced to see each other in a slightly different light. And um, yeah, it's a warm, joyful, I think it's my most unequivocally joyful book. Um, And I had so much fun writing it I hope people will have fun reading it too definitely well we certainly did oh, um and in your books one of the things that Jess and I love the most is how the setting can sometimes feel like a character all of its own whether it's in a shared bed or a cramped car so mm-hmm. we wondered what inspired you to set the wake-up call in a hotel and is there a particular hotel that it's based off of and if so do share so we can all rush off and enjoy some amazing customer service (laughs) (laughs) yeah I feel like it's a mixed bag isn't it because it's like I do want to stay there so much (laughs) it's like this magical beautiful place (laughs) you know these fur laden mantelpieces and this beautiful sweeping staircase and but it also sounds like sometimes I don't know if I would want to stay there when when the novel starts like no offense to Forest Manor and a little bit batshit when all of a sudden Izzy's making a nativity on the stairs out of (laughs) like rolls and stuff but also I want to see that I want to go (laughs) yeah it's like it wouldn't be a stress-free holiday but you would have loads of stories for everyone yes. when you got back <laughs> um everything is coffee <laughs> yeah. um I would I wouldn't say there was a particular kind of I've always found like hotels a bit like airports I'm just really interested in places where lots of people and lots of stories are brought together like a block mm. of flats or an airport or you know something where um lots of lives overlap and um also I just because I I can't can't remember what came first yeah I think the winteriness came first before I knew it was a hotel because I knew there was going to be 
the lost property but I kind of because I thought that was a clever way to find some things that needed returning and um I then kind of imagined actually where would you where might you lose a bunch of rings Mm -hmm. and I I thought swimming pool like somewhere where you take off your jewelry before you go in I don't know just the the this sort of idea of having I love writing secondary characters they they I I I just I love building sort of lots of people that you're going to fall in love with even if you don't know them quite as well as your protagonists and um and the hotel was just so so like rife with opportunity for secondary characters that I just I almost just once I once it wandered into my head I kind of couldn't resist (laughs) and hotels are so when I don't know why but like a hotel at kind of Christmas time December like it's particularly romantic for me is that just me (laughs) (laughs) no okay I get that (laughs) um well I love all of your wonderful characters in this book and I love Mr Townsend is it Mr Townsend yeah Mm -hmm. um and poor Mandy and I love that her name was poor Mandy (laughs) um but me and Jez are dying to know from across all of your books who's your favorite character and secondary characters can also count um no, actually, we'll give you a top three because I don't think we can choose one because it would just be 10 times harder. So yeah, what are your top three characters? Yeah, I'm already like, oh, oh God. <laughs> um, I will always have a very, very soft spot for Eileen in the Switch. I yes, um, definitely. Yeah, I just think, like, it was such an experience to write her and... I always feel like this is going to sound really cheesy, but like, I feel like I learned something from Eileen. And I I like, (laughs) she kind of almost like, I don't know, like brought out the best in me when I was writing her. She's so um, like always sees the positive, takes things on. And and just, I hope that I will be Eileen when I grow up. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone needs a project book. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) We do, don't we? Um, and I think in this book, I, I mean, poor Mandy is one of my proudest, um, (laughs) it's one of my, I, I basically had her the minute I thought of her being referred to as poor Mandy. (laughs) It was like, and I think I love her because she came sort of fully formed and, and I loved giving, this is one of my favorite things to write is kind of showing you I I love to show a lot of a person in very few words you know and have a lot of words with poor Mandy because she's a small character but I I love the little moments that I hope make you go oh my god just like someone I know or you know she's I can see her now like that's what I really wanted um as soon as I saw poor Mandy was capitalized I was like (laughs) see what you're doing here and I know who she is she's (laughs) fully formed in my brain yeah I just love her I'd love to give her a hug um <laughs> and then I I would say AJ from the no show oh. because like that romance was yeah. it was always a like I've never I I've never written I don't think before that I've never written that is actually kind of oh is this a spoiler uh no I don't think it is that's kind of a, a love triangle essentially yeah, that yeah. that story and I'm always wary of love triangles. I love reading them when they're done brilliantly, but it's so hard not to kind of 
just make you either root for one person then you're like can you shut up about this other guy you know where yeah. you're, you don't want to like make someone just a distraction but then equally if you genuinely divide a reader's affection between mm-hmm. two guys yeah. like that's that's hard too because you're almost diluting how they feel about the person you want them to fall in love with um but because that storyline was kind of one storyline in a you know the no show of course is about three women so it's sort of it was a smaller part I felt like maybe it gave me the courage to try it and I I loved writing somebody who had like pined from afar you know that kind of like the sort of sexy should I shouldn't like him but I do like all of that was just really fun and it was very like I say it felt low pressure because he was sort of um yeah not not kind of a main character and he he also just from the get-go had such swagger like writing him, <laughs> I like, you know I would find that he would say things and I'd be like Where did that go? <laughs> <laughs> which is like my, my favorite thing about writing is when I kind of don't really feel like I'm doing it and yeah I'm not in like a kind of like that's a, so cool but yeah it will literally feel like sometimes you know it, it almost um and I notice when I when I talk about my writing that I often use like metaphors and things that make it sound completely out of my control like I'll talk <laughs> about like I'm like unearthing the story or I'm like you know as if yeah. like there and I'm just finding it and that's because that's how I love it to feel yeah. um that's amazing like- Elizabeth Gilbert talked to that sort of idea in her book Big Magic and Jess and I just found that book absolutely fascinating as two people who are not authors the idea that this story can just come to you and you're almost just like a vessel writing it down you start to surprise yourself with like the knowledge you have or like turn a phrase that wouldn't come naturally to you but all of a sudden this person has just become so real you're able to just really get inside their head I think that's absolutely fascinating yeah, I I love it. And the moments of serendipity where you feel like I've had this character on the page for so yeah. long and I thought they were there for a reason, but I've just suddenly realised like who who they are to my protagonist or or, mm, or something like yeah. that. I remember with the road trip, um, initially I, I kind of, I think I had an idea for why. So just for anyone that doesn't know that one, that's a story about two exes who crash cars on their way to a mutual friend's wedding and have to share uh the car for the rest of the drive and the story sort of moves between their first romance and and the road trip um and I did know that there was going to be uh like obviously something in their past that had broken them up um but I hadn't realized kind of the depth of what it was until I kept writing one of the characters saying things like you know he'd be like well you would say that wouldn't you and I was like what? what's he on about like I kind of it was almost like the story was like begging for like a another secret it was like I was and I knew that on some level and it was coming out with like you know I I feel like a lot of writing is about kind of um for me is is about almost like a beat of of what the story needs next and and that sometimes looks like I'll be writing a you know because my books tend to be a mix of you know dark and light and comedy and and seriousness and sometimes it'll be writing a super emotional scene and then I'll just get this feeling of like we need someone to do something funny now (laughs) you know we need some light humor now um but sometimes that looks like I need a bit more plot here 
like I I am like asking for something to surprise yeah. me or or just take me somewhere else now I'm, I'm getting I don't want people to get bored and so I think in that case it was like I could feel that little like the rhythm was off and I was kind of like there's something going on here and it was coming out in like this character sort of <laughs> being very mysterious for reasons <laughs> and um but I, I just love that process of discovery and 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 I I, I worried with writing the no-show which required lots of planning because of the three stories yeah. um that I might lose that a little bit because I had to map it out so clearly um but I just sort of found it in different ways I think the smaller ways um and also found it in big ways and just had to do massive rewrites so <laughs> and ignore oh that. <laughs> I find that so fascinating that it's almost like you've got your characters and your setting and you sort, but still new things will still come to you that then get written mm. in that you didn't originally think about. That's just amazing. And I- this is a, this is a very positive spin on what is essentially me not knowing what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> like I do sometimes, I have to say, as much as I love this part of writing, the, the moments of kind of joyful yeah. discovery, I do sometimes look at people who know what they're doing from the start and think, God, like, you must feel that so be like? confident I think it's it must feel I don't know maybe it doesn't but I imagine that would feel like you'd have so much more certainty I, I do just dive in to a book and I'm like I hope this is gonna be good <laughs> well you're doing something right yeah those people probably have less fun writing yeah books, let's go with that like. yeah yeah <laughs> um one of the things well actually what me and Lauren love in any book we love a dual narrative and obviously that is like what you do so well we we just love them I mean we'll get onto the no show later where there's actually three um but what we love about it is that it it especially in your books is that it doesn't feel like there's only one protagonist or like you're rooting for one person over the other which is particularly important in the wake-up call where Izzy and Lucas don't get on and so therefore it could be really easy to root for one over the other um and it just got me thinking what your favorite romance trope is to either write or read Mm -hmm. so I mean I was actually thinking the other day of are there any that I've done more than once and the only one bed I have I mean the flat chair is essentially a giant only one bed trope isn't it it's just a (laughs) twist on it and then this is not a huge spoiler like there's a little there's a it just felt like writing a hotel-based book and not having an only one bed would have been a mistake (laughs) so there is a little moment of that in in the wake up um I love forced proximity and I love to write that too. I, in the same way that I like places where lots of people are thrown together, I love like shutting my characters in small spaces. I noticed- You do. (laughs) A car, a hotel room. I know, can't resist. I love it. Um, I even shut them in a small space, even if they're not in it at the same time. Um, I noticed the other day how many of my like big pivotal scenes take place in bathrooms <laughs> I think that might be why mm. there's like a lot of uh th- there's just a lot of big moments that uh which I I won't talk about with spoilers but that happen uh like the flat share uh if anyone has read that the uh shower scene of course mm-hmm. um and then the road trip the kind of big big meltdown moment happens stuck in a bathroom and I think it is just like I love shutting the door on them and like just being like you've got you've got to come face to face with with everything you're ignoring now because you're there there's just the two of you so I do love that one um 
I'm trying to, I'm, I, now that you're asking that, I'm like, I'm wondering if there's any that I love that I've never tried. And maybe Love Triangle is one that I've not kind of done in a big way before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ooh, now, sorry, I'm going to get <laughs> A new story is coming it's to you. Carry on. <laughs> we'll take credit for that. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> um, I want to come back to secondary characters for a moment because although it's not quite a secondary character, there was a moment in the wake up call where um, in one scene, Izzy's making calls to previous hotel guests to see if they lost a wedding ring during their stay. And one of the guests she just happens to call is a... Tiffany Moore who says her engagement ring is firmly on her finger um do you want to share a little bit about that oh I've (laughs) never done the easter egg thing before and I don't know what it was I think it was because when I was writing that book the flat share tv show was happening the flat share was so kind of central in my life again and I have I guess like that book has has totally changed my life and um you know I I felt so many things towards it I'm so proud of it um and I I feel such love for it but also if I'm honest like writing my second novel it felt like a huge pressure having that first book and sometimes I thought like you know almost not quite because obviously I'm so grateful for what it's given me but sometimes I thought like I wish people didn't love it so much because it's so (laughs) hard to think like I'm gonna let everyone follow that you know now now I don't feel that because I'm I'm very lucky to you know really have I hope like established a a career now and but but at that point I was I was a one-trick pony right I'd done one I'd done one thing and um so I think it came at a really lovely moment, the TV, because it came at a moment when I was really ready to like go back to that book and yeah. say, I love you so much, the flat share. <laughs> and oh. like I feel like I could kind of fully enjoy it in a way that if the TV show had happened, I mean, actually, as it happens, that's pretty quick from like book publishing to TV show being made. But yeah. if it had happened quicker, I'm not sure I could have enjoyed it as much. I, I think I loved going back to that story and and also the 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 me who wrote it and and you know that was a long time ago my life has changed so much since and um it felt like stepping back to a previous chapter in kind of like a lovely reflective way so I think when I was writing the wake up call it was such a big part of my day-to-day life again um that I just loved the idea of doing a little nod to it and I really like you know Taylor Jenkins Reid yeah yeah I love (laughs) how often she brings sort of secondary characters and and I was just kind of I was sort of inspired by that I guess like how she will nod to them being in the same universe Um, and I just thought it's been a little while it's nice for everyone to check in they're still going strong honestly the fans absolutely love it (laughs) (laughs) should absolutely continue to do it um and I'm glad you brought you brought us onto the flat share and you know how game-changing it was for you and so I wondered if we could rewind a little bit and and you could tell us how it was getting your debut published. I mean, it's such a fantastic story. I feel like everyone must have been like, I want to publish it. I want to publish it. But that might not have been the case. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So that, that was not the case initially. <laughs> so I um, I wrote it um, on my train journeys to and from work, um, which was brilliant. If anyone is kind of 
an aspiring writer and is looking for little pockets of time in the day I would really look at your commute if you travel by train or any or tube or anything because um like it's sort of dead time really and, and, and I found it was so useful because it was like a finite you know chunk of time to, to write um and I had been dreaming of being a published author since I was a kid like and I'd sent books out on submission to agents before and only heard no's um and I sent it out to about five agents um initially and everybody said no they didn't want to read anything past the first three chapters except for Tanara at Dali Anderson Agency who is now my wonderful agent and right hand woman and I couldn't do it without her um but I still remember the feeling when she, I got that email saying, I've really enjoyed the first three chapters. Could I read the rest? And just, I was like, really? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> um, and from there, that was when it started to get kind of crazy. I, I, I got a sense from, I did a lot of editorial work on it from her and actually with her rather. And, and one of the things that I changed was I cut a lot from the start of the book. Um, so the flat share used to have a lot more waffle at the start and I think that is probably why people weren't so interested in it because the beginning wasn't that strong. Um, so once we went out on submission to editors at publishing houses, which is kind of the next step, um, it was a much stronger opening. And I had, you know, Tanner's commercial eye to kind of pitch the idea, which is a really quirky concept that I don't think I really did a good job of explaining on my own. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just after that, it was only about five days later that I got the call um, from her saying, you know, I, I remember the, just saying that Quirkers wanted to to publish it and another book from me. Um, and I don't think I really knew that like two book deals when you didn't have another book. Yeah. So I was like, they're going to pay me to do another book. <laughs> like, and did I you have, did you it, have but... the switch ready? Or did you then no. have to write, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So that's what it was. You, you, I got, I sold a book and then a theoretical book, like that's sort of yeah. what you do. And now that's very normal. I, I, I sign yeah. contracts for books that I haven't written yet and that I haven't even told them what they'll be, but that was a very strange idea. Yeah. Um, but it was after that, it was just, I can't even, I, I wish I could go back to the, or, or like, I wish I could like watch that time back. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it was just a while when it sold in 36 countries. Like I was just getting emails all the time, like Italian rights, you know, Dutch rights. Like it yeah. was, it was um, the idea to me that someone, I, I just couldn't believe it that, that anybody would want to publish it, let alone 36 different countries. So um, yeah, it was absolutely incredible. And I still feel like I, can't believe I get to do this and I can't believe that everyone's letting me carry on but as <laughs> you will I am going to carry on writing <laughs> please do don't stop um what was it like then adapting it for the screen and and what role did you play in that process so I was quite um removed from things really and actually I think that was how that was right to do um I think because it was my first I I would have really struggled to be sort of half in if you right. know what I mean just because it was like you can't be all in unless you're all nothing yourself. and actually I didn't want to do that and I I I stand by that decision because I think um you know Rose who who's the who wrote the uh, the screenplays and was head writer on the uh on the show she's she's so talented and screenwriting is such a you know it's a it's a different skill and I, I just wasn't sure I would do it justice and right. also I do think that the idea of adapting my own 
work like I I think so hard about every word of a book and by the time it's done I have written it countless times and when I think about like tearing it up and doing that in a completely (laughs) different form I don't know I kind of think oh my god like that would be really hard and actually I'd rather some unbelievably talented creative people did that for me (laughs) and then I'd get to sit back and enjoy their take on it absolutely I think it meant I could enjoy the series a lot more because I could see it as someone else's thing which I think is is what it is like it's not not mine anymore it's based on on my story but it's it's not mine and um so I could kind of enjoy it as like a beautiful interpretation of of the story yeah oh gosh that's gorgeous um will any more of your books be adapted is that a cheeky question she says knowing just how cheeky a question it is <laughs> <laughs> yes this is when I always get nervous because there's lots of things you're not allowed to say um, <laughs> but uh yes we have various exciting things in the pipeline um uh, but actually obviously um with the strikes in the US yeah there's lots that's on hold as oh, well so yeah. I, I don't have lots of news that I can share I can share that um the no-show was optioned by Bad Wolf, who did His Dark Materials on the BBC and who do who are relaunching Doctor Who. They do loads of really cool kind of um, visual, like visually amazing stuff. So um, that's really exciting. Um, and yeah, I'm, oh, yes, I would love <laughs> to tell you some other things, but I think I'll get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You've given us enough. Um, but just, you know, I would really love to see the switch adapted. Um, I love that the dual narrative is between like a grandmother and a granddaughter. There's just like so much to be explored in yeah. that. Um, but speaking of the no-show, I would love to hear about the difference in writing it because as I said earlier, it's three narratives, not two. And um, it's it, for anyone that hasn't read it, we follow three different women who all date the same man. Um, side note, the plot twist blew my mind, but obviously we're not going to talk about that. Um, because I really want to talk to people about that bit (laughs) Um, but was it much different adding in a third character is it harder or was it more fun and would you do it again Um, it was part of why I wanted to write the whole book was I wanted to do more than two narrators so I was actually looking for concepts that would bring together more than two people Um, and I found it really I found one thing that I it was very different um and it was also particularly different because normally my two stories kind of my two narrators are even if not for all of the novel they're together or their stories are very connected um the switch a little bit different because they're obviously in different places but their lives so fully overlap that Mm. it's it's not you know but this was really three separate lives connected by one man so it was almost like writing three novellas just Mm. interwoven um and it was really important to me that every story was worthy of its own story if you know what I mean like I I didn't want anything I didn't want it to feel like you were reading I wanted to feel like you were reading three novels not a third of an you know three thirds um so that meant just I, I doing a lot of close work on each section I did a lot of editing where I would only work on Jane's chapters or Siobhan's chapters okay. where I would just focus on those and make sure that that story was like wonderful in its own right um so that was that was different and and there was less 
I worried more about kind of taking you, I think what you get with multiple narrators sometimes is that feeling of like, oh, I want to be with so-and-so and and like now you're throwing me into this one. (laughs) Um, And I really wanted to avoid that. And and I mean, obviously the main way to avoid that is just to make all three stories so gripping that you kind of want to be with all of them. That's the dream. And that's like the, you know, what I wanted to get to, but also it's just making sure that it's pacey enough that you, that you kind of are carried along with it. Um, and yeah, so so I thought a lot more about about that. And at one point, I thought I might have four of them, but that would have been too many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three felt just right. Um, uh, yeah, and it's also I don't know if any. This is the sort of thing that people maybe don't actually notice, and I'm not sure I notice as a reader. But it was my first time writing in third person, um, and that was also a conscious shift because of the number of narrators. Because I always try to make sure that with my dual narrative that we really feel like we're with that character mm-hmm. and when it's in first person you know it's I I went to the shop or whatever yeah. and I wanted you to I always want you to know without checking the chapter heading like I know I'm with Leon right now I know I'm with yeah. right now you know mm-hmm. I know I'm with Izzy or Lucas and um that was much harder writing three women of similar age all involved with the same guy um so I I I sort of thought maybe if I try third person yeah. which I which felt very odd. Like it, I don't think it feels odd to read, but it's a big, big change from my side. Mm. <laughs> sort of changes the, the the view you take on the story. Um, and I had a lot of fun with it. Actually, you can you can do slightly different things. I don't want to get too boring and technical, but you know, you can give more glimpses into a person if they don't have to have that self insight. So, like for yeah. instance, say Siobhan is only vegan when she's in a good mood. Like that's a line that Siobhan would not say about herself. <laughs> yeah she wouldn't say I'm only vegan when I'm in a good mood she would say I'm yeah 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 um so it was it allowed me to kind of tell you more in a shorter space of time which was great because we had less time with each storyline of course that's a good point yeah yeah um well Beth you're a household name and I imagine a great source of inspiration for many aspiring writers you've mentioned you know how you started writing your first book on during your commute do you have any other advice for uh, aspiring writers amongst our listeners particularly I mean you mentioned like the rounds of failure you have to go through you know the constant rejections maybe something you could share along that along those lines of how you actually as a new writer, you don't have much, you know, experience behind your belt. To, but how do you deal with the re- rejections and keep going? Yeah, my my main way to cope with that, because, you know, it's not that different, really, once you get published, because the fear then is just what will people yeah. think of the book? So you then, you know, you're still worrying about negative reactions to, to the next, you know, and, and still kind of have to True. develop that thick skin, which... I don't have and I most of my writer friends don't have we're all sensitive souls and it is very very hard having to take rejections every single no from an agent like anyone who's listening who's writing like I my heart goes out to you because it is painful because you put so much of your heart into your work um but I always find the most helpful thing is to be working on something else so the next thing and then I can always think like okay so you didn't like that one but that the next book's amazing and you're going to love that <laughs> and so when you're getting those no's you have something else on the go yeah. another story that like has your heart and that you can that makes writing 
joyful still um it's not like all of your kind of sense of like am I a good writer am I going to be able to do this is hanging on someone else's opinion because you've got this other project that they don't even know about and it's going to be beautiful um so I always would say if you're sending something out on submission try and start something else at the same time um that would be my tip I think that's great advice actually I I remember reading somewhere that Tayari Jones I think it's Tayari Jones wrote Silver Sparrow and it didn't get picked up and then she wrote American Marriage and that got picked up and then the publishers came back yeah. to her and were like oh yeah yeah we really want Silver Sparrow now um so I think that's a really yeah. a really good tip and sometimes for... it's just about what the market wants yeah. and that's yeah, exactly. to do with you know with with how brilliant a storyteller you are like and that's just goes to show that that example you've used is a perfect example of that because mm. actually that book was brilliant and just sitting there and yeah, exactly. see it brilliance until later yeah yeah oh that's so insightful thank you um we have used up a lot of your time it's 500 degrees and we will close the windows for the sound <laughs> so we've just got one more question for you but it's the most important one um we will read anything you write and so I'm pretty sure we'll read anything that you tell us to read so we would love it if you could give a book reco to our listeners it can be something newly coming out or it could be an oldie that just has your heart you know what one of the books that I have loved this year is Wild Things by Laura Kay have you guys yes oh I love that book it's such a like it it, I'm always looking for people who can write heartwarming without me feeling like I want to cringe like it's really really hard to make me feel genuinely warm and cozy um without making me also just feel like oh it's a bit too sweet um and that's so beautifully it's a gorgeous queer romance set in this amazing kind of rural village setting with all the things that I love like quirky secondary characters and a big (laughs) ramshackle house like it's just got so many of my (laughs) sorts of things but also she's just a fantastic writer and a very funny writer um so yeah if you're looking for a great rom-com I would definitely try wild things yeah it's so readable and it's also like I would never really want to buy a fixer-upper or have chickens but this book made me think wow I need to buy a fixer-upper and get chickens (laughs) just like suddenly suddenly sounds really appealing well he's probably responsible for a lot of (laughs) bad buys (laughs) a lot of chickens roaming around Well, listen, thank you so much. The Wake Up Call publishes on the 26th of September. So listeners, get your pre-orders in ASAP. And Beth, thank you so, so much for joining us today. Cool. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. much for listening if you enjoyed today's episode then like subscribe leave a rating and review it costs you nothing but it genuinely means the world to us and if you've got a reading buddy then share our podcast with them because they might like to listen as well and if you don't already then follow us on instagram at book recos for funnily enough more book recommendations see you next week we'll be here